Hello and welcome to episode 279 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley, as always, joined by Bryson. And Bryson, it's more of the same. The Blue Jays lose 2-3 to the Baltimore Orioles. They get a stellar pitching performance in the middle game from Jose Barrios, but everything else around that kind of just falls apart against one of the best teams in baseball now, the Baltimore Orioles. Bryson, how are you? Well, they didn't get swept uh, this time around. I get zero. I'm just kidding. It, yeah, it, this series sucked again. I mean, let's be let's be real about what happened throughout first, especially the way it started in Game One, and then how, of course, this ended today in Game Three. It just another situation where it, it felt like, especially in Game Three, because Game One was a write off, but it felt like in Game like there were still their chances to get that big hit and to you know take the lead late in the uh, late in the game. Of course, they had a great opportunity in the top of the eighth inning, couldn't get that done. And that was one out of many other situations they had. But other than that, I mean, it's just a lot of the same problems are going on. The AL East record continues to get worse. And uh, the Blue Jays now find themselves six games back of the Orioles. Um, And of course, it's over 10 now uh, for the Rays. But I mean, it just continues to look worse and worse in terms of where things currently stand in the AL East. Yeah, that first game was really the nightmare of it all. Um, I mean... Just giving up 11 runs. And even, like, you... I don't know. I feel like this game sums up the Blue Jays' season, or at least the last month or couple weeks, in the fact that they had 15 hits, the Orioles had 17 hits, and you lose by five runs. Like, that just kind of sums up what the Blue Jays have been all year in terms of missing out on opportunities with runners in scoring position, having pitchers give up that one or two crucial runs that ends up losing the game. Like, I I don't know. It's, It's... we're reaching the point where this kind of, I, I guess, confusion and confoundment with how the Blue Jays are doing this turns to frustration, I think. Like, it's safe to say we've already been frustrated for a while, but, you know, I think it's getting a little bit more genuine and a little bit more fierce right now, just in terms of the way the Blue Jays are playing. Um, I, don't, I don't know, you want to talk about the the Tuesday game in this series, or you want to, what do you want to start with today, I guess? I mean, I guess you can get that out of the way yeah. if you want. Yeah. <laughs> you got thoughts? <laughs> I mean, I guess yeah. Okay, let's let's do it. So let's start with that. I mean, oh my goodness, uh, it just what a what a horrible way. I mean, to start to start the series, and that's saying it at the least. With Chris Bassett too, it just a rare night where he just didn't look like himself. I mean, there was a couple pitches though that he gave up that were home runs where they weren't entirely bad. I mean, there was one home run that he gave up that was basically a curveball really low and he managed to go over the fence. So he made some, I feel like a little bit of it was unlucky, but of course, overall, it just wasn't a good start. It wasn't what they needed. And of course, game one of a uh, three-game series after an off day wasn't exactly ideal either uh, entering this the series. And I mean, it just, whatever happened with that, the, ga- the game was a write-off right away, unfortunately. I mean, it was six, or it was eight nothing by the third inning. And then of course, it just got worse and worse from there, and I just think there was no hope whatsoever, of course, uh, of some sort of comeback. It never got anywhere close to that point. Um, I mean, like, that's basically it. And then, of course, there were six runs throughout the game that the Jays did score. They all they scored it late when the thing when the game was already out of hand. Of course, Kevin Biggio was another guy who hit a home run late, and that's somebody who ended off the, last home, or the previous homestand on a good note. Alejandro Kirk had a lot of RBIs that game, so, like, not much, unfortunately, to take away from it. Just one of those off days that Chris Bassett had, and it was just the Orioles just pouncing all over them. And I mean, 
I don't want to get to that point yet in terms of, you know, wondering. Well, I mean, right now when you look at it, the, the Orioles are a way better team. But just down the road in terms of if this is something that is, you know, that's going to pretty much last for the rest of the season. It's just it gets more concerning, like you were talking about beforehand, about how the frustration is slowly increasing. I just feel like, of course, a lot of that has to do with the the, uh, the fact that it was against the Orioles. And then now we're creeping into the middle part of June now, and this team still hasn't exactly changed their ways in terms of the, the problems that they've had. I mean, it, a lot of it remains the same. Of course, they go on runs here and there. And then after when they do go on these runs like they had on the previous homestand, it feels like they, they just go through this entire thing again, of course. It's just the the way it was with the Orioles to start off this road trip, it doesn't get any easier for them because now they're going to Texas who leads the AL West um, starting this upcoming weekend. It's it's just, it's a really, really bad way to start things off. And I felt like as well in game two when they won, they they were good enough. It was just the same thing where they had enough key moments in the game to win. And of course, asking the starting pitching or just the pitching in general to allow one earned run, that's a lot to ask for. But of course, that did happen with Jose Brios just, dominating and it's just it's it's a lot of the same problems and I just you just look at the difference right now in terms of the Orioles uh, and the Jays and I mean it feels like the Orioles are playing at a level that the Blue Jays should be at or that the Blue Jays or that we all expected the Blue Jays to play at and I mean they're just they're making it look so easy um, against a team like the Blue Jays and I think that's the part that's also just sickening uh, to see in terms of how much they've been dominating them I mean the Jays have only won one game against them this year which came uh, on Wednesday night in game two so for me it's just looking more at the big picture now after this this is two series now that you've played against the Orioles of course they played the Rays a couple times they played the Yankees a couple times and they are genuinely the third or fourth best team in this division right now of course that's where they stand but even just the way things have gone they deserve to be there right now and it's just it sucks to see the Rays doing what they're doing in first place and then the Orioles who came out of the gutter after you know a couple of just horrible years where they were just losing tons of games but I mean what once they were ready to turn that competitive or turn into that competitive window i mean it's just the fact that they're making it look so easy is the part that just stings the most for me and then of course you know the blue jays here and there are running into unexpected errors throughout parts of the season we you know we saw the same stuff last year at some points uh, of course but of course it, it ended up uh, they ended up making the playoffs but there's just there always seems to be something stopping them from just excelling and just breaking out, you know, the way the Orioles or the Rays are doing. And I think just the more that you see them play these teams, and of course, they're still in a defined spot, 38 and 31, or 38 uh, and 32, sorry. And then now that they're, you know, they're still in playoff contention and everything like that. But they're just, and this is something that you started to allude to, Mark, a couple episodes ago, or maybe a couple weeks ago, is that they're just not that top elite team right now and I don't know if they ever you know they will get back to that point at some point this year they're a competitive team right now that of course still has a chance to make the playoffs and everything like that but it's just it's frustrating to watch them just go up and go down and go up and go down and when they go down they're doing it to the worst possible teams that you could go down to and I think that's just the part that sucks I mean of course there's still time but it just right now I mean I don't know if we're seeing any sort of hints that this is going to somewhat stop other than what they've already shown is what their identity has been this year and that's the team that's been up and down and just offensively still you know lacks at the plate in terms of power and everything like that yeah all of this is pretty confounding uh just based on what we know the potential of the Blue Jays offense 
to be, but also when you look at the raw offensive numbers that the Blue Jays are putting up, like, I, I mean, we had this conversation before the podcast, but if I was asking you out of the blue, like where you think the Blue Jays rank in offensive war this season or in batting average or in on base, like, what would you say? Like, you might say like 15th, like middle of the pack, right? Average, easy, yeah. yeah. The numbers are good. I'm going to read them off for you. This is league numbers. The entirety of baseball, 30 teams. Batting average, they are second. On base percentage, they are third. Slugging percentage, they are 10th. That might be where they're losing out on runs because they're not hitting as much power. They're not hitting as much homers. F4, they are fourth. WRC plus, they are fifth. Runs scored, which ultimately is the only stat that matters here, they are 11th in baseball. These are arbitrarily good stats. I don't understand. Like, is this being outweighed by some games early in the season? Like, are the splits unfavorable to the Blue Jays? Like, I I can't wrap my head around how watching this team, the eye test is that the offense is not clicking at all, and this is why they're losing games. But then you look at the stats, and... It doesn't seem to back that up. The stats seem to say this is still a very good offensive team. So, I don't know. I'm I'm really confused with what's going on here. Not just because this team has really high offensive potential and hasn't been living up to it. But also just because, if you look at the stats, they have been living up to it. But you watch the games and they absolutely do. I don't understand it. It makes no sense. And it's very, very frustrating to watch. And that's the part where it shows you how much of an underperformance this season, of course, has again in terms of just parts, you know, this part of the season where they're just they're not clicking uh, like that we've been waiting for. And the fact that you were naming off those stats, I don't think there's one person that believes like would believe you if you read that off right away. Like it just it you don't get a feeling that is anywhere close to, I guess, where they are in those categories. It just it feels like it's for me. And I think a majority of the people, it's average at best. But for a team, and we like, you know, how many times do you have to say it? A team that's supposed to, you know, be World Series caliber or at least playoff caliber at worst, that's still it's it's not good enough uh, for a team like that. But they're still up there within the league, and it just it's it is confusing. And I think a lot of people are confused about just this team in general. Like, what? why can't they just find it within themselves? Um, when the lights are the brightest, I don't know. Uh, you know, of course, I, I just, I don't understand either in terms of just everything that they've been through the last couple of years and everything like that. It's just, it's one of those things where you have, I guess, nothing but to hope for that they can eventually turn this thing around. And of course, again, they're still in a competitive window and a kind of, I guess translates to what you're talking about offensively because it, it feels like, you know, they're better than I guess what we think or how we feel. And I guess the same thing goes off with where they are competitively, of course, in the wild card, but in just in the AL East again, it's just, it, it's just, unfortunately, it just seems over in terms of their hopes of winning the division and everything like that. And it's just another thing where it's just something holding them back. And it's just, it's confusing. It really is. And I don't know if anyone really has the answer to it other than of course, just noticing the problems that they do have. And I mean, it's just lots of power is, you know, disappeared. You've talked about it in terms of the slugging percentage and everything like that. This is a team that changed things in the off season in terms of run prevention, and everything like that. And it's just, the results are still not, it, you're not satisfied with the results. Uh, nobody is. And no matter how good they may look in terms on, on paper, in terms of these stats are not as bad as we think. It just, 
unfortunately, it's the other way around in terms of how we actually feel about it and just the frustration that comes with this team. So, I mean, who knows what happens this weekend uh, in Texas and, of course, just the rest of this road trip. It's just they're, they've been known, unfortunately, through, of course, the first couple and a half months of the season now of teams of teams that are just completely inconsistent where they'll go on a 7-2 and two run or whatever it is, 7-3 and three run, and then they'll drop three out of seven or they'll drop all these games, of course. And the division record continues to get worse, which is very concerning, uh, to say the least, especially where they are at the season. And, of course, one of the things where this balanced schedule goes against you now because of the limited opportunities that you have against your division rivals uh, in terms of making up ground and everything like that, that's something that could be important near the end of the year. It's just one of the many other things to look at uh, in terms of disappointments. And, I mean... Still not seeing everything click as well individually for players on this team. And I mean, it's unfortunately, it's just, um, it's the same thing. And uh, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I don't have the answer. Like, I don't, it makes no sense. And maybe like the luck is going to turn at some point. Like maybe all these offensive numbers are going to turn into runs at some point and we know the struggles that they've had with runners in scoring position and guys on base so like maybe all this is encouraging when you look at the numbers and you can say actually it's just bad luck and things are going to turn but I don't know like I it doesn't make sense it's terrible to watch they're losing games because of it like, I still have faith they're going to make the postseason, but yeah, we are talking about a team that's no longer in contention to win the division, especially when you're dropping these this many games against teams in the division. Like, that's the cost of it. You're not winning the division anymore. And so, I don't know. I like, guess it's early to call this season a disappointment. I still think they're going to make it to the playoffs, and we still have, once you're in the playoffs, once you're in the dance, anything can happen. And so... You're not closing your door to any opportunities if you get right, hot at the right time. But at the same time, it's like, so far this regular season has been very, very disappointing. Um, okay, let's talk about something that wasn't disappointing, I guess, uh, for a change. we could. I mean, just a little shout out to the offensive standouts. Whit Merrifield had a great series. He went three for four in the middle game of this series on Wednesday. And he also had a hit in the first game and the third game. So shout out to him. Danny Jansen, of course, in the final game of the series, hitting two home runs, which, I mean, on the one hand, great. Kudos to Danny Jansen. You'd love to see him succeed. On the other hand, this is an encapsulation of the Blue Jays' offense. The fact that the only two runs they get all ball game are from their defense first catcher hitting in the bottom of the lineup. Like, anyways, moving on to the positive stuff. Danny Jansen was a positive. Uh, and then, yeah, I guess uh, Jose Brios is like the other really, really big one. Um, taking a no-hitter into the seventh inning, exiting the game after seven and two-thirds with three hits allowed. Just an absolutely phenomenal start. If you had any doubt that Jose Brios wasn't back, this pretty much proved it. He's entirely back to who he was. And, um, I mean, I don't know. You have the conversation about Chris Bassett not having a great start. Like, I think Chris Bassett can kind of get away with that because that's who he is. Like, he's he's not an ace. He's not even the number three guy in this rotation. He was signed to be the number, I, I guess, signed to be the number three slash four guy. I think uh, Jose Barrios, when the Blue Jays got him, he was brought over to be the ace. And so, obviously, expectations have changed. But performances like these are what you expect. And... 
Um, I don't know. It's just so, so much fun to watch. Like seeing him dominate like that with such a low pitch count to um, maybe get, you know, one of the closest times we've seen over the last, I don't know, maybe five years to a no hitter. Um, I know we've had a couple times. I know Alec Manoa had a start once where he got close to it, but it, it just kind of felt really special this time, especially with the pitch count. So uh, really, really special stuff from Jose Brios, and this kind of solidifies that if you weren't sure before that he was back, he's most certainly back now. I know we were confident in terms of him turning things around. Maybe not everybody was, but it just it shows you the type of competitor that competitor that he is, and not even that. It just shows you also the amount of work that he truly put in to try and turn this thing around. I mean, last season was a lost cause because of the fact it was something unexpected, and then it was just the amount of times that you're trying to change things during a year. It very rarely works out in terms of the amount of adjustments that you're trying to make in between those five days, and we would see flashes of it at times last year, but it would ultimately result in the same thing, and it would just be disappointment, and it was, you know, to use a popular word that we've been using today, confusion in terms of what was going on with them. I mean, everything was changed mechanically. Pitch selection was changed. Different types of pitches were changed. Velocity was changed in terms of taking some stuff off of uh, some off-speed pitches, so... That pretty much was just the definition of his season last year in terms of all the adjustments. He wasn't even, there was no confidence in throwing him out there in the postseason. I know it was only 48 hours, but I mean, just beyond that, in the event that they went beyond that, there was really no spot for him to pitch in this rotation or anywhere, I should say, in the rotation last season, especially at the end of the year. And this was a guy who was starting opening day for you at that point last year. So, Going into the offseason, again, more and more work that he had to put into. Uh, and this was something that he had to prove to everybody because a lot of people were confident in it. You know, he was confident in this, and a lot of people needed to see it to believe it. And the fact that he was doing that, is, of course, you know, for the most part, besides a couple starts where it was a bit shaky, uh, and even going back to, I guess, earlier in the spring, he really has shown um, that he has figured things out and he has turned this thing around. And I mean, you just also see the body language out on the mound, you know, him showing emotion or him just being more, you can tell in terms of his confidence and just his tempo and everything like that. He is at a really good point right now in his career. And I think he said yesterday when one of his post-game interviews, it's one of the the first times where he's really felt in a rhythm like this for the first time. And the last, you know, I guess the last time he mentioned where he felt this good was a stretch in 2018. And that was a long time ago. So other than that, he's put up seasons that have been very good. We know that he's a very reliable, you know, top to middle type of the rotation guy. That's what the Jays got him for originally before everything happened in 2022. He comes into this season, a little bit lower expectations or a little bit less pressure in the four spot, He, you know, and in the rotation, and he pitches his way out of it, and he continues to do that. It was impressive because of the Orioles, of how good offensively that they've been this year, that he was able to do that a couple days ago, and he just shut them down. You talked about it. One of the first times in a while that we've seen a pitcher on this team you know, carry that no-hitter chance and even you know, being perfect through five innings or whatever it was late in games. Of course, we've seen complete game shutouts uh, from Chris Bassett, but you know, to see the chance of a no-hitter or just getting to the point where it's on your mind that, hey, he hasn't allowed a hit yet in six innings. That's all. That's awesome to see that it came out from Jose Brios. And I mean, it just shows you as well of how important he has become to this rotation because of what has happened with Alec Manoa. The fact that he was able to step up or has been able to step up, uh, it, it's put this rotation in a much better spot. Of course, overall, 
it's still in a, a good spot with Baston and Gosman, but of course the disappointment from Manoa and Barrios, you know, stepping up his game now and pitching even better than he was at the beginning of the year. It just it's helping this rotation as much as there's still being a lot asked, or there's still the team's still asking a lot from the rotation. But he is still living up to it, and he, along with Gosman and Bassett, for the most part, of course, have been very good. And I think it's very beneficial that he has regained his form and reemerged as somebody who could be a top pitcher on this team. And of course, he knows he can do it. And it was something that clearly was bothering him tons of times last year. We, you know, you can see it in terms of his body language and everything like that. He was well aware of the whole contract talk and everything. And I'm glad that he was able to just, or has been able to go out and dominate and just really seeing, it really did feel like one of his most comfortable starts of the year that we saw uh, on Tuesday, or sorry, on Wednesday night. So, I mean, you've been talking about his numbers. It's been highlighted. I mean, if you look at his last five starts, he's only allowed five, uh, yeah, five, no, four earned runs, sorry, over his last five starts. That's remarkable. And of course, he's been pitching deep in the games. Pretty much the four of his last five starts as well have been quality starts. So he's been doing that. He's been striking guys out. He's been walking less people. You talked about his efficiency last start as well, which was able or, you know, you know, it was just able to push him deeper into the games, of course, and everything like that. So nothing that, you know, I think we all expected him to bounce back. I don't know to the extent, you know, of how good we were expecting this to be, but we were all expecting him to be a lot better than last year and a lot more comfortable. He is in my, for me so far, and maybe you can relate to this unless you had even higher hopes for him. He has exceeded my expectations thus far in terms of this bounce back season because I was expecting a bounce back season, but maybe not to this extent in terms of numbers and in terms of just how he looks right now on the mound. Of course, a lot can change. He still has a lot, to, a lot of work to put into. But I mean, you have to be completely, you know, you have to be just very happy in terms of what you've seen from Barrio so far this year. Yeah, this was obviously nowhere near what even the most optimistic Blue Jay fans hoped for. Like, this is blowing those expectations out of the water. He's been nothing short of fantastic, and obviously we knew he was capable of it, but we were unsure of whether he would ever get back to it, and so that's kind of the box that he's checking now. And, yeah, I mean, he said it. Like, he's having fun playing baseball again. He get he, I think his quote was that he gets to do what he loves again. And so I I think he means that in more ways than one. Like, if he kept pitching like that, he wasn't going to pitch in the majors much longer. But also, like, what he loves to do is pitch well and dominate. And so he's been able to get back to that. And so, I mean, I think his, like, tenure with the Blue Jays has been a little bit rocky. And he hasn't always been a fan favorite. But I think he's winning a lot of people over right now. And we have always known he's been a good guy off the field. I mean, people can't stop singing his praises enough um, in terms of who he is off the field. And... Just so happens that it didn't totally work out on the field, but it is now for the Blue Jays, and you got to be really happy about that. Um, I guess one thing uh, to mention offensively, we don't have to get into it because we talked about it in previous episodes a little bit, but Vladdy is moved down to the four-hole now. Dalton Varsho moving up to the three-hole. So, I mean, we talked about it last time, but, like, this is as much as it's eyewash. Like, they got to try something to get it going. It, it, it all baffles expectations, so hopefully this works. Um I, I think the other thing to mention um, or go through is Sweet Relief. Um, I'll tell you, I don't think anyone really deserves it from this series. Uh, but regardless, there is one guy that I'll pick out. Um, this guy only has four appearances this season. Bryson, can you guess who it is? 
four appearances so far. Is it? Um, who could it be? It's not Bowden Francis, is it? No. no I don't think I, he has four yet. I think he's at like two or three. No, yeah, he's around there. Um, You're in the right territory, appearances. though. <laughs> I, know, I, I don't know. Okay, he made his major league debut with the Blue Jays in 2020. Does that help at all? No, it doesn't. From this series? He pitched once in this series. Oh, I don't know. His last name is the word when a, a, a baby chicken enters the world. I don't know. Thomas Hatch. Oh, <laughs> I'm not giving that guy any respect. No way. Has <laughs> yeah, it really been I, four appearances? Yeah, he's had four. Uh, oh, my God. I didn't realize it was four. Yeah, he came up in May. He got two appearances in May. Wow. And then he's right. had two. He had one in against Minnesota uh, and then one in this series against Baltimore. And the point is, the point I'm trying to make, he hasn't been phenomenal. And this is why I think it's a bit of a stretch to give him some, Like, no one deserves it from this series. Yeah, so. I get it. I get it. But uh, he, he hasn't given up a run yet, um, which I think is probably better than we all expected after four appearances. Um, he's only given up three hits. Uh, walks have been a little bit of an issue, but at the same time, he's striking out guys as well. He struck out all three of the batters he faced in his second appearance on May 22nd. He struck out three out of the four batters he faced on June 11th in Minnesota. And then this week against Baltimore, he struck out two of the three batters or two of the three outs he got, I should say. So like, he's been good. Uh, maybe it's like a, 0.25 of a sweet relief award like he doesn't totally deserve it but no one does right now so i mean maybe nate pearson like he's pitched well but whatever we've already given it to him a couple times so um yeah i think that's who i'm going with this week kind of underwhelming <laughs> uh, i i do i as much as it might get lost in the blue jays loss i think you say kikuchi does deserve some praise like he didn't have a phenomenal start by any means but giving up two runs is like that's what the blue jays need him to do and when you lose a game like that, it's on the offense. Like, again, the only two runs the Blue Jays got were from Danny Jansen. It's not Yusei Kikuchi's fault. They lost that game in any stretch. And so I think sometimes, like, games like that he can get, like, connected to. And you can think of that as a bad Yusei Kikuchi start. But really, like, it's it's exactly what you want him to do every single time. Like, 4.2 innings, two runs. That's beautiful out of your fifth starter. I guess fourth starter now. Anyways. That's all my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you, there were some people talking about it again today in terms of, do you think he got pulled too early, or were you fine with what they did? I'm curious. I know it didn't work out for them, what happened with Jimmy Garcia, but there's, um, I knew I saw there was a selected few people frustrated with that as well. I mean, it's Yusei Kikuchi. Like, yeah. Again, 4.2 innings, two, like, that's what you want out of him. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not going to be upset about pulling your worst starter and after, I guess, in the fifth inning, like two outs in the fifth inning. I'm not going to get it upset about that. And, and frankly, like, if your bullpen gives up two runs in a game, I'm also not going to get upset about that either. Like, you had a starter who pitched well. You had a bullpen who pitched relatively well. This was a game the Blue Jays should have won from their offense, but it comes down to the offense. So, like, no, I'm not going to get mad at any pitching decisions today. Yeah, that's fair. It's just... I know it was something that was <laughs> mentioned, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it, as much as it felt like Wednesday's game felt like a good win. It just overall, again, it's just 
stuff from the series that just didn't go well and lots of people just picking at everything and that's just what happens uh when things don't go well but rightfully so there's you know people that feel good again and then they get frustrated after a couple days like what we just saw now so Perhaps it changes on the weekend because the Rangers do not play in the AL East, but of course they are leading the AL West, and they are a team that maybe some people um, had predicted to you know jump out of the gate like this. I know a lot of people didn't, so it was kind of a little bit of a surprise. But uh, they have they have a solid roster when you really look at it, so it's going to be another tough uh, test this weekend. Yeah, well, let's get into that, and we can do series predictions. Um, Friday, the Blue Jays have changed things up a little bit in the rotation. They've bumped Kevin Gosman up because they had that off day so they can afford to do that. Gosman's going to be pitching the first game of the series tomorrow, Friday night. It's going to be Gosman versus Martin Perez. And then Saturday we get TBD, so it's a bullpen day for the Jays versus, is it Dean Dunning? Dane Dunning. Dane Dunning, he has a 2.76 array for the Rangers this year. And then the series finale, we get Chris Bassett versus John Gray, who's also been phenomenal this season 2.32 ERA uh Jays are slumping Rangers are one of the best teams in baseball I don't know what are you going with Bryson I'll let you go first on this one yeah I mean it was a good prediction for you as much as we didn't want it to be right but yeah I mean it's another it's Texas is another good team um coming up and I mean for me I feel like after what happened with Kevin Gosselin last start, I think Friday, or which, yeah, tomorrow on Friday, as much as they move things around uh, for the benefit of having less bullpen days, I think that was kind of how the schedule works and why the decision was made for that. I think that's a game that they're going to win uh, in terms of on Friday. On Saturday, it's hard to, like, the problem now with these bullpen days is it's hard for us to really predict um either way it's just so unpredictable what's going to happen in terms of just the lineup of the bullpen and everything like like that you talked about dane dunning on saturday too uh, i believe he's the one who is filling in or is filling in i guess for the rest of the year now for jacob Degrom. he didn't originally start off in the rotation for texas and he has come out and he has pitched lights out and of course you mentioned john gray as well um who's pitching on the sunday game is kind of another unexpected surprise of how good he's pitched Chris Bassett goes on Sunday. He is also looking to bounce back after a rough start. I got to be confident in both of those guys. And I'm confident with saying two out of three because the Rangers aren't in the AL East. So until I see otherwise in terms of that, I'm going to roll with that because of Gosman and Bassett going on Friday, uh, Sunday. I'll say they win Friday and Sunday. And because the bullpen games are always you know hard to predict and Dane Dunning's had a really good year, I'll say they drop Saturday's game. Wow ambitious optimistic i am not right now i'm going they they lose two of three i say they win the gosman game and they lose saturday and sunday um yeah i'm not betting on them winning a bullpen day and then john gray has been great this year so i'm not going to bet on them winning that so sunday should be fun to record then yeah yeah that's gonna be a fun one um yeah i mean i like where did these rangers come from like how did this i don't know i feel like we're as Blue Jay fans, as a fan base, we're like, we thought we would be in on all the fun, and now we're sitting on the sidelines watching all these teams we made fun of just sprint by the Jays, and the Jays are left in the dust right now. That's kind of how it's feeling right now. But the Rangers, believe it or not, have the best run differential in baseball this season. 145. To put that in context, no other team besides the Tampa Bay Rays and the Texas Rangers have a run differential above 
60, sorry, 77. Texas is 145. Tampa Bay is 142. And then Atlanta is 77. Those two teams have blown the opposition away in terms of run differential. And even after that, you get like 62 from the Dodgers, 61 from Houston. And then, I mean, you're just going down like 43 Baltimore and New York, 20 for the Jays to put that in context. Like those teams, the the Rangers and the Rays are blowing every other team out of the water right now. And it's not even close. Like it's double what every other team has. So I'm not optimistic about this series, just to put it like, like the, the Rangers are 5-5 five and five over the last 10. They're playing right now against the Angels, so who knows what happens there. But, like, I don't think the Jays are winning this series. Um, okay, we don't have anything from Jacob, but we'll add it to the spreadsheet once we get it. Um, that wraps up this episode. Thanks to everyone who listened. I hope we have more optimistic stuff and happier ways ahead for the Blue Jays. Uh, I don't think we do, but Bryson, maybe you're right. Maybe they win a series. Um, Let's hope, yeah. Let's go. (laughs) We can hope. (laughs) Either way, we'll catch you after this series.